right, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the S3 podcast. I am Jonathan Woolley from S3 Magazine. The clean cut guy is Mike Sanders. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, Buick, right? Uh, kind of trying to pull a little evasive maneuver or whatever to start killing off some dealerships maybe um, under the guise of buying them out. Um, I'll be honest, like, all right, so the way this works, guys, is a lot of times me and, and Mike are kind of sharing stories back and forth, kind of as like placeholders, you know, like we're sending them to each other's phones. So like, I saw this story before Labor Day weekend, I sent it to Mike, uh, just to kind of mark it so it didn't get lost anywhere. And then I never really read it besides the initial like skimming through going, ah, this is interesting. Um, but Mike, however, did kind of go a little bit more into it. And, uh, and brought it up earlier today. And so we were like, yeah, that might actually be uh, a good podcast because it kind of sounds dumb. Like, who cares about Buick anyway, honestly? But it's kind of some tip of the iceberg type stuff. So, uh, Mike, what, what's the Cliff's Notes here of this story? Yeah, I'll run through it really quick. As Willie said, Buick is not really our bread and butter. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about Buick ever in the history of S3 other than maybe some cool Grand Nationals. Um and it does, uh, just looking at the, the tip of the story, it doesn't look like there's much there, but I think that's very telling as to what GM's plans are. Um, so let's just kind of dive into it. Basically, they have announced that, um, basically, they, they would like to buy out any current Buick dealerships who are not willing to invest in the EV future plans. So basically, you know, by 2030, 2035, somewhere in there, GM is planning to be a 100% all-electric vehicle uh, automotive manufacturing conglomerate, with Buick being part of that. And that's the way that they're going. And so these dealerships that are going to be on board and selling these vehicles have to have all the charging stations and all sorts of different types of tools. And just uh, it's, it's a totally different tool set and training and, and way of doing technical work, which is going to cost a shit ton of money. The number that I saw earlier was on average $300,000 per dealership, but that seems really low, to be honest. I think it's probably a lot higher than that. I think that's, you know, really, really shooting it low in the ballpark. Anyway, there's roughly 2,000 Buick dealers in the U.S. alone right now, and it sounds like they're basically offering the buyout to all of them who are not on board. Uh, which is funny that they're doing this now because Buick actually doesn't even have an EV on the market that's for sale right now. They literally don't have one, and they're putting out news like this. So kind of ballsy, maybe stupid. We'll see. Um, I think that by doing this, I mean, let's face it, man. If you're under the age of 62 years old, is a Buick even remotely in your plans? It's kind of a dying brand, especially when you're going EV, which is kind of a young person's game, at least for right now. I have a little bit of a theory here, and my theory is that GM is testing theories. I think that they're using Buick as kind of a, a crash test dummy here to kind of see what they can actually achieve and what they can get away with and what better way to do it than with what's essentially a failing brand here in the U.S., I think they want to do a couple of things. Um, I think they want to see one, can we successfully run an EV only brand? Two, can we do it without dealers? 
that's a big, that's a whole other big topic that we've been talking about in a lot of other podcasts is it seems like manufacturers are trying to distance themselves, cut off and eventually get rid of dealers. Um, so I think that's something to absolutely, you know, take note of. And then three, can they get younger people to buy Buicks based on the new EVs that they're going to put out there? Or in the same breath, can they get the older typical Buick buyer to buy online? Worst case scenario, it doesn't work and you lose Buick. Boo-hoo. Who gives a shit? Let's be honest. Who really cares if Buick goes away? GM's got, you know, Cadillac right there with them, uh, which is funny because GM actually quietly did this with Cadillac, uh, what, two years ago, back in 2020? They, they did basically the same thing. Um, Cadillac was introducing NEV, and they basically went to all their dealers and said, if you won't sell or service this, then we would like to buy you out. And they ended up losing like a third of their dealer network, which under any other time in history, I would say, oh, crap, man, you lost a third of your dealer's business is really, really bad. But again, I think they're trying to get away from dealers. I think they're trying to find a way to cut bait and get away from these guys because of various reasons. I mean, you see the massive markups, you see the the whole EV debacle coming and, and the dealerships don't want to deal with it. They don't know how, the manufacturers don't even know how to deal with it. How the hell are the dealerships supposed to know how to deal with this kind of stuff yet? Um, so yeah, man, I think that this whole thing is a, is a big thesis that they're testing out. And I think it's gonna answer a hell of a lot of questions for them pretty quickly but it's absolutely taking us like further down that point of no return where our automotive industry is just, it feels like on a day-to-day -day basis now, it's changing forever, mostly for the worst. Um, and just from talking to people online, you know, I posted this video earlier today, you can see a definite age gap between the people who are like pro dealership and the people who are just like, fuck them, screw those dealerships, get them out of here. We need to buy directly from the manufacturers. And I get both sides. I really, really 100% do. There are several shady dealerships out there who are doing insane markups and just treating customers like crap and not, not you know, they're voiding warranties and doing stuff like that. Uh, and again, the markups are just insanity, man. I, I cannot believe the dealerships are getting away with this crap. But then again, there's a lot of blame to go along with that. I blame the manufacturers for not getting them cars and two, not enforcing anything close to MSRP. When Ford knows that Ford dealerships are out there buying lightnings from them and then marking them up a hundred percent and Ford does nothing about it. Yeah. The dealership's an asshole, but Ford is the father of the asshole who just lets him keep doing asshole things. So pick your poison. Point the finger wherever you want. Everybody is to blame. So is the consumer who goes out and freaking buys the damn thing because they're the one keeping the price high. I'm getting all riled up again. You see, you see what this topic does to me, man. <laughs> so there, there's there's a lot to go over here. Um, you had a lot of good points earlier today. Go go ahead and jump into some of your stuff. <laughs> Did I? Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what those points were. One, yes, nobody really, Buick's irrelevant to not just car enthusiasts, but a lot of people. And, and you know, if you look at Buick's marketing attempts for shit the last 15 years or more, it seems like they're just trying to say, we're hip, 
we're hip. Oh, can you believe this is a Buick? You guys, this one's yeah. not like your grandfather's. But see, I think on one hand, Buick can play the scapegoat here because if it fails, and like you said, worst case scenario, it takes out Buick, like it could be that they got one foot in the grave already. Yeah. Um, the other side of the coin, and and I feel like I'm pretty good at putting myself in the GM shoes because I don't think there's a lot of depth to their shoes, honestly. And I think that that they probably think that these young hipsters, like, I'm serious. I bet you their train of thought is like, I mean, look at these young hipsters. They like everything that's vintage. Like, they're doing their grandfather's little mustache and beard, and, and they're buying razors now that look like they're old, and everything that they like. is So, like, why would they like a Buick? Like, they probably are going to think it's really hip to drive what their grandpa used to drive back in the 40s or whatever. You know, so I think maybe there is an actual, whatever, little strategic path there to try and 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 make Buick hip again to the younger end of the spectrum of millennials. Um, the problem is, and GM has been ridiculed for this by a, a lot of automotive media, like they just keep talking about EV without actually making EVs. They said that they were gonna catch Tesla by 2024. <laughs> Like, I think it was, it was sometimes they, they set out this goal, like in two years, we're going to outsell Tesla. Okay. How many EVs do you make? Well, we're going to be making the Hummer soon. And that's a 9,000 pound, $120,000 vehicle. It's like, okay, but what are you actually going to sell? You know, and like everything that they're coming out with thus far is, is a high end pipe dream. I mean, maybe it's coming, maybe it's not like the automotive industry is so unpredictable right now you don't know what's going to happen but it is getting to be looking like gm is not going to be overtaking all the other automotive brands in the next two years yet they're making major major business decisions as if they are for better or for worse um it there's a lot of laws and rules and probably unions and i don't know red tape and stuff like that that protects dealerships uh, for exactly this kind of reason, so that manufacturers just can't cut them out. Um, and I think manufacturers now are trying to kind of do the mean girl thing, right? Where they can't like just cut them out, so they're just going to be a total bitch to them until they quit. Uh, so right now, I think that that's what that move is. They're just saying, well, we'll buy you out. I mean, look, you're basically going to have to 180 degree pivot from what you've been doing. You have to put all this resources into, you know, electric charging and training oh and by the way the electric cars don't need service like the other ones do so that whole line of revenue that you have coming in isn't going to be there so let us just buy you out mm -hmm. i think what they're missing is you know there are going to have to be things to service these cars whether it's a factory-owned dealership or whatnot um i don't know man i'm trying to see what other little notes that I have in here? Um, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That was it for for your first segment. That's just kind of what I think about it is that they're they're using Buick as a test bed for something that could go a lot bigger than just Buick, and that's why we're talking about tip of the iceberg stuff. We're seeing car manufacturers start to start to take shots and see what's going to work. I agree. I think I think it's all just marketing 
and planning and research, to be honest. Um, I think another thing is a lot of these guys realize that they're going to be getting their batteries and their motors from the same places. So a lot of these cars are going to be identical. And a lot of them are either going to look the freaking same. You know, that, that's that's kind of how the world is now. Like everything's a goddamn crossover for some terrible reason. No one likes crossover. Stop it. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's a real problem. And this is something. So so why not do it with Buick? You know, it, it's traditionally, you know, it's funny because you made me remember the commercials that Buick always did. They always had some little old lady looking at a car going down the street and somebody would be like, oh, look at that Buick. And she'd be like, oh, that doesn't look like a Buick. And that was their whole tagline, to be young and hip and cool and everything. And to show that it's, oh, it's not grandma's car anymore. I don't think that's going to matter as much. Because everything EV is going to be fast. They're all going to have basically just different configurations of essentially the same batteries and the same motors. And if it's anything like car design has been over the last 10 years, they're all going to have very similar lines. A lot of these cars are going to really be the same damn thing. So really, what is the difference between a Chevrolet and a Buick? Like, what does it really matter? Um, so that, that might be one reason why they're doing it. And in that breath, I have a question. Luxury and exotic brands who basically differentiate themselves by putting big, badass, high horsepower motors in with everything on the interior wrapped in leather and the nicest electronics and really, really smooth, sexy Italian lines on the body. What are those guys going to do once EVs take over? Because, I mean, let's take a look at the, the Porsche Taycan for a second. Like that's, if you're an EV guy, that's a pretty cool car and it's a Porsche, but guess what? It's slower than a Tesla Plaid. So when everything is super fast and your whole thing, your whole gimmick is race car, sports car, speed, fast, 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 it doesn't really hold as much water. At that point, you then just kind of have to make a superior vehicle. And if yeah. we're talking about German and Italian vehicles, let's face it, guys, their build quality looks really good, but it's typically not the best in the world. <laughs> I can tell you that my experience with the electronics on these old European cars is absolutely awful. And now the whole car is going to be electronic. I can't wait. Um, no, but before I forget, technology is killing what the flavor, the spice of the world, the magic of the world. And, and the, the crazy irony here is that the very companies that are pushing technology harder than anybody else, the luxury brands, are the ones who could very well be eaten when this does take over. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're playing a very dangerous game for a lot of reasons. One, the younger side of the hip, or I was going to say the younger side of the hipster generation, the younger side of the millennial generation, same thing, um, they, they're not brand whores like me and you's generation. Like, it, like other generations that came before us that have more experience living in the 20th century or whatever you want to call it. Like we like nice things. Like, you know, we tend to just like brands and they do look at Supreme people spend astronomical amounts of money on stupid shit because it's got a, a, a brand that they like, or like 
my wife goes goo goo over Louis Vuitton purses. Like it holds your shit the same as any other purse and costs seven times more. But they like that because you know it's a it's a it's a goal for them to own that kind of a thing or whatever. Like the younger millennials, so far. Granted, they're still young and they, a lot of them haven't started earning, so to speak. But, like, they're not into that shit. They're not mm -hmm. into owning. They're not into, you know, being a brand whore. They're not into labels. Like, they, they, it's not what drives their purchases. So these companies that are pushing EV is, like, luxurious and all this kind of stuff, man, that could very well bite them in the ass because they could push the technology forward. And then, you know what these guys are going to buy? Chinese BYD cars, like, because they're not going to care, or some sort of monthly shared plan payment bullshit where their entire little flat condos can, like, share a car or something like that, because that's what they're into, and instead of, instead of saying, no, that shit's dumb, guys, like, come, come play the big American big boy game, they're, they're catering to it, and it's the virtual signaling thing, and it's, it's not going to work out, um, the other thing is that, like, technology ruling the world, as, as somebody very smart said something about the automotive industry is giving it all up, and they don't realize it yet. And, and you know, uh, a BMW used to be very uniquely BMW, like, not that long ago, a couple decades ago or less. Like, you know, and Porsche was a sports car brand. Now Porsche is a luxury car brand. Like, you guys might not like to hear that. It might sting a little bit. Yeah, we all still like the GT3 RS. But, like, they make four-door automatic SUVs and sedans. Like, they're a luxury brand. It's, it's, it's not what it was. Um, you can't tell the difference between driving a Honda and a Toyota anymore. You can't tell the difference between a Mercedes and a BMW. All these cars have gotten the same. They've each got their unique emblem and big, ugly grill. And then the rest of the car is literally the freaking same blob. And it's because of technology. It's because they've realized that the most efficient design, blah, blah, blah. And so everything is, we, we've lost the sexiness of like car manufacturing and sports cars. And we've lost the art behind it, you know, and it's just turned into, like I say all the time, like a rolling iPad. And these, these luxury companies specifically are trying to pioneer it. And the legacy luxury car companies are trying to, you know, put the flag down as like they're the dominant in EV. But like, it's the very thing that is going to make them, you can't differentiate them from anything else. You know, like it's just killing why do you want to buy a Porsche? Well, it used to be, you know, an experience. Now it's it's a brand, you know? It, it's just, it's killing all of that. Um, and I think that these guys are so, they're in like this delusional frenzy because they're so hyper-focused on the future and trying to compete with this that nobody's actually going, wait, what are we competing for? Like the doom of all of us? Like, where does it end? Like, why, why do we even, we're losing our options. Like car manufacturers used to make cars for the minorities. And when I say minorities, I mean like, like 
oh man, there's there's a, a few group of people out here that really like to go off road and that like this road. So we're gonna make a car for them. Oh, there's some people over here that really like roadsters. Like, so we're gonna make a car for them. Oh, and here's the family man that wants the big sedan. And here's, you know, like, and so a car company made 15 different cars or whatever for these different people. Like think about what Toyota made in the 90s, in the mid 90s or whatever. Like they had all sorts of, it wasn't just one performance car. It was like a bunch of like sporty performance cars or whatever and we're seeing that disappear so like in the go circling back to buick like who cares if buick is gone because everything that buick makes is like a shared chassis from some chevy so if they're gone it really doesn't matter we're seeing ford say that they're going to extend even further out the the lifespan of their cars so it used to be keep in mind back in like the 50s and 60s there was like a one or two year cycle and then they were redesigning these cars so it hadn't been like that in decades but at least it's been every like five or six years or whatever now ford's saying shit we can extend that out to eight to ten years because people don't even care what they're driving anymore so long as the tech inside of it is up to date so they can just maybe i don't know we can send an over-the-air update to their car charge them they'll be happy you know to drive the same old bullshit like People don't care. Any why do we even make them in different colors? I mean, shit. Like, you know, like, why don't they just all be white? You know, I, why Why are we spending the time to put different paint on these things? Like, people, I don't know, man. The whole expression behind automobiles is vanishing. And, and the car manufacturers <clears throat> of all freaking people should be the ones to not let that happen. To say, man, it's important that your car is kind of a an avatar of your inner little identity because it's what represents you to everybody around you when you're driving. But we're losing that. And they're going to offer less options, you know, like, okay, so what's uh, for a, a small SUV, a bigger SUV, a truck, maybe something pseudo sporty, and that's your lineup. And let's just redesign them every eight to 10, 10 plus years. <clears throat> Sorry, I mean, look at look at cars like the Challenger, the Charger, um, the Forerunner. You know, all these cars, the Tundra up until this past year, these are decade-plus-long cars. Mm. So uh, that's the way it seems to be going is that we're so deep into this mess now that people have already lost their love affair with the cars. I think you have a high school generation now. It doesn't even understand what the attraction is. And how would they? Because they've grown up in mom's minivan or Tahoe and dad's truck. Like they have no experience with any sort of, I don't know, visceral car experience. So <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. I think, you know, we keep car enthusiasts tend to say, oh, man, man, it's going to die. It's going to die. It's going to. This is going to happen. It's done happen. And we're feeling the fallout of that now. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. what? The, 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 as of like next year, the Mustang is the only freaking pony car that America makes. Yeah. And just a couple of years ago, we were talking about just last year, we were talking about how the horsepower wars are back and muscle cars are back. Now, like you said, I mean, cars have gone from being a truly inspiring, amazing piece of art in terms of people like me and you who modify them 
um, an enthusiast down to just a tool to do a job and and not even not even allow you to be part of the process. They want the cars to freaking drive you. Like you're literally just going to buy your own personal Uber now is basically what it is. Well, and that's exactly or, what the younger generation of America stereotyping, but overall is taking the art out of everything. Mm -hmm. They're just not an artistic type, at least not in their purchases. You know, mm -hmm. they may they may think that they're artistic, but like they're not <clears throat> supporting an artistic world. Everything that they do is like the easiest, simplest way. They're ordering from Amazon. They're buying furniture out of compressed wood from Ikea. They're buying the most generic cars with the biggest screens and or the best range like they are not artistic. I know that might cut some of y'all, you know, because you think that you're all really super like individualistic and, and you know, like and, and very special. But you're literally sucking the color out of the world. I mean, look around like freaking stores are closing, you know, cars are losing their art. Like you said, like, uh, you know, it's just all of their buying habits are just about what's the easiest and cheapest. And mm -hmm. the generations before them were not about that. They were like, what's the craft, you know? Like, and and that's just an example of America's spirit, honestly, just dying. That's like the weight of all of this shit that's going on is just slowly kind of killing that vibrance. And that's what freaking sucks. It's bigger than cars. And guys like me and you, <clears throat> I mean, how many times have I got called a boomer this week, like, look at me. I'm not, I'm like the most polar opposite of a boomer. But I, just because I'm saying shit that people don't like does not make me a boomer. It's just that at 40 years old, I'm old enough to have seen the change. And if you're old enough to have seen it, it gets really freaking frustrating to watch it happen. I feel like the big argument that they have on their side, the way that they approach every conversation is the same way that a really depressed person that says is, oh, only two absolutes in the world, death and taxes. You know, anytime they see something that is furthering agendas, they basically just say, oh, it's here. You better get used to it, boomer. EV's the future, boomer. Not because it truly is the only option, but really just because that's where the money's being backed and that's where the propaganda machine is just pelting them in the face like a big old dong just all day long, just information, information, information of why they should be on team blue um, instead of team, you know, red or whatever you want to say. I don't want to get political with this crap, but, but you get what I'm saying. It, it's, it's well, the, pro the problem is that the internet has opened up a voice for the geek and a voice for the nerd. And it makes you second guess everything you ever fucking do because you know before the age of the geek like those people they they honestly just got freaking overshadowed by the cool stuff that was a lot cooler than them and they lived mm -hmm. in the shadows and they might have quietly just been bitter about it but that was it but now they've got like facebook pages to start bringing this stuff out and making you feel bad about every damn thing but the fact of the matter is America does well when we have vibrance and options in it. Imagine going to an ice cream shop and it's just vanilla. Like mm -hmm. that's not what we're about. Like we're about going into an ice cream shop and there's a wall of freaking ice cream and the colors are vibrant and everything's exciting. And it's a place that you want your kids to be in. 
And they're just like, well, vanilla is the best because it takes the least amount of resources and it's the least impactful on the earth. See, because we're, and because so we're just gonna, you know, it's just like, what the? That's goddamn socialism. Like, yeah. stop it. Like, why? Hey, here's an idea. Why doesn't the government just make a car and it can just take the money that they need from the made up money that they're apparently making and take it out of our checks? And we can all just drive the government car and and fuck Ford, fuck GM, fuck anything special, you know, fuck the GR Corolla, anything that gets you excited, fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just stupid. It's a stupid train of thought. I I've got a, a all right. I love Toyota. <laughs> I've got a Lexus NX right now, and it is just the most infuriating little flaccid crossover thing with electronic door handles that won't work if the car's in drive. So like, we got a situation today where there was like some giant horsefly hornet thing that was in the car and my little girl's back there going, because ah! it was like buzzing around like crazy. We're still in the driveway going a quarter of a mile an hour. And so I hit the brakes and I say, everybody open up the doors, damn it. You can't because it's an electronic door handle and it has decided that because the car is in drive, it's not going to open them. So you're just, it, it's just the stupidest, the stupidest thing. I got off the interstate. Okay, so you're on the interstate. You get off the interstate. You're turning right to go to a gas station or whatever on a road trip. And every car that passes, the car's going, beep, 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 because it's sensing the car's coming. It's going, don't pull out. Don't pull out. Don't pull out. I'm like, I'm a big boy. <laughs> like, I have, I have eyes. I see a car. The whole car is just the epitome of overprotection. And it's, Yep. It's the shit that doesn't need to be there, and it's it's just stupid. And that is the direction that we're going. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why people just can't pull their heads out of their ass. I mean, even my wife, who's not, she doesn't have a dog in this fight, was like, I wanted to like this car, and I hate this car. It's, mm -hmm. it's too far. It's gone too far, you yeah. know? It's a bubble boy car. It does everything in the world to protect you and nothing else. That's it. And all it does is make you weaker and stupider and more incapable. Mm -hmm. And it's never going to end. It's never going to. It's not going to end until we're just hardwired into our little pod with VR everything. If we're yeah. not ready there. I'm almost convinced this is. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Whew. All right, guys, this ended up being a longer podcast than we thought. We covered a lot more different topics than we thought. Willie got a little bit revved up. So we're going to split this one up into a part one and a part two. Uh, this is part one. We'll drop part two tomorrow. Thanks, guys.